the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. That's right, baby. No Pollyanna populist. It's me. Let's get ready to get aggravated. Tighten that chin strap. But before we do, by the way, if you care to participate, it's 312-642-5600. We've got a lot to talk about. 250 new state laws in the state that never learns. Mass exodus every five minutes. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Leadership, which is really fascism. The Democrats, socialist, fascist, they know what's better for you. And you know what this state needs? Just a little more drugs and gambling. Because if that didn't aggravate you, on the front page of the Chicago Tribune, which admittedly I have not bought in a very long time, but today I picked it up. And today when I picked it up, on the very front page, it says about, uh, here's all the new 250 new laws. And by the way, at 520, we're going to have Ali Moretti. I think that's how you say it. Moriarty? Moratti? Ali Moratti, uh, who wrote an article about the economics of cannabis. We're going to discuss that. And um, as you know, I don't intoxicate those people who have listened. I don't believe in intoxicating yourself. I think it's a self-loathing attribute, and uh, I don't partake in it. However, I also believe in absolute and total liberty. I think the problem with the society, I recognize that when you, uh, you, you put a, a prohibition on something, a black market takes over. It's undeniable. It's history. We're human beings. I think we have to learn that and try to control behavior through understanding right and wrong. So that's why you can have a prohibition that creates a black market like Chicago, Illinois, which is the, the ramifications troubling from all of the black markets in this, this punitive prohibition of drugs. So I think that the conceptually the right move. However, the way in which government does it, in particular, a, a, a government that leans and is full of corruption, is that you can create a market and still maintain a corrupt system where only the corrupt can partake in and mitigate. And you corpor- that's how you take a, a system and you corporatize it, where it's conjunction between corrupt government and it acts like a market system. And that's why the application to own a marijuana store is 250,000. That's why there's only nine of them. That's why they go in very specific areas. You're never going to find a marijuana distribution center in Hinsdale or Oak Brook. Not going to happen. This will be put in the neighborhoods that are built to manage this kind of behavior. But on the front page of this, yesterday, J.B. Pritzker, minus a neck, pardoned 11,000 low-level criminals, or what they deem as low-level criminals. And as you read this, this is fascinating to me, because we spent a lot of money trying these cases. We spent a lot of money incarcerating these people. We spent a lot of money putting away 11,017 people, which by the, just overnight, 
their record is expunged and they're let out onto the streets. And then 12 hours later, marijuana is legal. Now, the problem I have with with marijuana as being somebody who embraces liberty and the freedom to be a scumbag is I still think you have to be able to recognize what this is going to do to your society, the harm therein. And I don't just mean for you people who can think about buying McDonald's and Burger King stock for the munchies. I'm talking about the bad part. We already are suffering from massive drug addiction. Will this help or harm? Well, I think it's going to harm, but what it does is it cuts government in on the system. And that's really the goal. That's the promotion. Never before have I seen politicians so excited about bad behavior. They're tickled pink about it. And not only that, Illinois' lieutenant governor beats the lines. So here you go. She couldn't even wait in line with the rest of the rabble. She beat, went to the front of the line, and the lieutenant governor was one of the first to buy marijuana. Juliana Stratton was one of the first. Big smile on her face, and aren't we proud about it? The average purchase, five hours you wait in line, average purchase over $220. I don't know what marijuana's priced, but that seems like a lot. And they're touting the tax revenue from it. Well, bully for you. Did you know that the tax revenue on or the tax percentage on marijuana isn't as high as cigars? Did you know that? No, you didn't. 36%. On cigars, 36%. That's before the sales tax. Depending what county you're in, that can be as low as 44% or as high as 48%, depending on where you purchase it. Then there is a per cigar fee in Cook County, a sin tax of $25 or 25 cents, excuse me, 20, or I think they've raised it now. Let me look. In fact, they have raised it. It's now 40 cents a cigar in Cook County per cigar. How much a joint? How do you buy it? I, you buy it by the ounce, right? Or whatever it is. How do you? How come you're more friendly to marijuana than you are actually tobacco? And you look at the, the state of Illinois and you realize it's very profitable to manage a state that penalizes the people who work in the name of the people who don't work. When those, when those numbers get very big of the people that are receiving benefits, they become very loyal to a corrupt system. So what you've done here, you didn't free anybody. You didn't make any revelation, any moral uh, equivocation on what's right and what's wrong. What you've done is you've managed to cut yourself into a black market you were formerly out. You've managed to make something legal that was illegal. You've managed to popularize something and somehow... You've managed to solidify that black market by making it difficult, by making it scarce, and by trying to regulate the system rather than doing what you're saying you're doing, which is having a concept of legalizing marijuana. You're not legalizing, you're managing. And you're managing for the benefit of the state, and that's why you've cut only the clout-heavy people in on it. So the ramification of the bad things this will have by now making it legal and allowing people you have formerly locked up over 11,000 of them out on society overnight. You don't know. You're just making it up and you're hoping for good things. Seldom does good things do good things happen when government takes this kind of an approach. I don't have a warm and fuzzy feeling about it, but I didn't when they did the same thing with video poker where they formally locked up who they called gangsters then for having video poker machines, then they became the gangsters. 
and the politicians cut themselves in on that. And what were the ramifications? Well, they don't really talk about it. But you can rest assured that it has harmed people who can afford it the least. These are the people who are addicted to a game that on its face says, we're going to take your money and give a small percentage back. I mean, it's moronic to me. But it's the same kind of system that says we're going to legalize a drug we formally approached as very bad for society. And overnight, it's good for society. How it works is you'll walk in and grab one of these menus and mark which strain you want. From there, employees will run to the back and grab you the strains that you've ordered. Now, within two hours of the dispensary here in Springfield being open, they saw nearly 100 transactions. I've been here since 1.30 because I'm dedicated. Dude. We're going to come smoke some pot. <laughs> some waited in line I mean, for more than 16 me? hours to get their hands on some green. 16 hours. It's like the Soviet Union for bread. 16 hours. Here's some selling indications for you people who live in these areas. If your home is located between a medical marijuana dispensary and a video poker game, your property value is going down. That's for sure. There's no such thing, hey, I got a neighborhood for gentrification. How are you going to do it? Let's put a a medical marijuana dispensary in the middle of the neighborhood, and then we'll circle it with all video game poker machines. That should be really good. But others say they've waited much longer than that for cannabis to become legal in Illinois. It's been a burden on the criminal justice system for, as we know, 50, 60 years since they made it a Schedule One narcotic. So with that being done, it'll free up space in the prison for real criminals. People traveled hundreds of miles to give the state's green grow a try. This has been a very big deal. Um, Obviously, it's legal in Missouri, not recreationally. So it was uh, cool to be a part of something, even though I had to come so far. Now, you know, the medicinal purposes are where they're trying to build that wedge of, of reality versus behavior. Because the same thing was thought of cocaine. Coca Cola actually had cocaine in it. Doctors prescribed cocaine. Before that, it was laudanum. So the reality is they don't have an idea of how bad this is going to be, how it's going to affect you. All they know is they can cut themselves in. They can manage who gets it and profit immensely, which is why those who own these dispensaries are corrupt political influencers. That's it. Mom and pops aren't going to own this. This isn't about changing society or the mores of a, of, of a citizenry. This is about profiting on a system that let them out. And you know what this is going to do? It's going to make the bums younger and more desperate. And you just let out 11,000. It's not going to end well. 312-642-5600. We'll be back after this. <laughs> I hated that music in the 90s, the stoner burnout music. I just hated it. ACDC t-shirts. But you know what I mean? It was In my neighborhood, it wasn't. They were burnouts. They were looked at as scumbags. But today, they're your neighbor, and you hope that it's not your kid influencing your kids. However, times they are a-changing. So let's bring on a reporter who writes not only about uh, marijuana, but overall business and technology for the Tribune. Ellie, now in my neighborhood, you'd be Mariority. How do I say your name? <laughs> Marathi. All right, I was close. All right, Ellie. So you're you're not from Chicago originally. So your entrance to how corrupt the government is when it tries to manage and license business probably is a little bit thinking along the lines of actual states that are not mob organized. 
This one I'm a little concerned with. So whatever I think of pot, whether I think it's good or bad or whatever the case is, I recognize that uh, people, when you, when you prohi- prohibit something, you have a black market. So I'm torn. Tell me about the business of it. Is that why we've made it this way and that's why we're only having nine dis- dispensaries around the state? Yeah, so we have, there's actually 37 around the state, nine oh. in Chicago that oh, are nine selling Chicago. recreational, yeah, marijuana now. But you're right, it is highly regulated. I mean, we see that, um, you know, Illinois was actually one of the first states to come online with a recreational marijuana program and really a medical marijuana program that were as highly regulated as we are. A lot of states out west, for example, it was really easy to go in and get your medical card if you, say, had back pain or but otherwise, we're, a, you know, very able-bodied 21-year-old. Um, but here, for a few years, you know, you had to have one of a very strict number of qualifying conditions. And then coming online with the recreational sales, it was the medical dispensaries that got to come online first. And those are the ones that started opening yesterday. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just, you know, it's a whole new industry that has to form. It was uh, – marijuana had been prohibited in, you know, mostly since the 1930s. So, you know, there's kind of a lot of fear around it. There's a lot of unknowns because it, it's still federally illegal. There's not a lot of studies that have been done out there. So I think it's kind of the unknown, you know, um, and then just the state wanted to make sure they had a really good handle on it before they just opened up the floodgates, if you will. Now, I'm well aware of the medicinal benefits of CBD and the cannabinoid-rich oil of hemp oil. I understand all that, and I agree with it to a certain extent. I think it, you know, it's it's hard to argue against. And in fact, it's very well known. It's good for so many things. But the part that they're making the money and what's thriving isn't how good the hemp plant is for you. It's how high the THC gets you. And I'm wondering, you have no studies, really, other than the fact we've treated being intoxicated as dangerous to society up until today or yesterday, and now you're promoting it. Have they given any any thought as to, okay, so I may make your tax money, but the detriment to society through accidents and through criminal behavior and through illnesses may not be worth it. Has there been any real thought of studies of what you're doing? So you can look at data coming out of places like, say, Colorado that legalized this several years ago, um, and you know, there are some studies, maybe I misspoke before, there are some studies out there, especially as more and more states legalize it, that start to look at the health benefits and start to look at, you know, maybe the detriment to kids smoking before their brains are fully developed or pregnant women, things like that, right? So they do know, for example, that in Colorado, a lot more tourists started coming into emergency rooms having anxiety attacks because they ate too many edibles, things like that, you know. Um, But I've also talked to experts that say, well, you know, maybe people were coming in before, but because it was illegal, they just weren't owning up to the fact that it was weed that had made them that high and that anxious, you know. Um, So I think there's kind of a lot of data that still has to be gathered on this. Um, But, yeah, you're right. There's kind of a ripple effect that goes on with all the different organizations, whether it's the Department of Public Health or police. Um, For example, there's really no way right now for a police officer to know if you're high. Like, there's not, you know, a test that they can do like they can tell if you're drunk, right? And that's being developed. You know, there are different states looking into that. It's just not widely used yet. I think it's a saliva test that they're looking into. So I think a lot of that will come with time. Uh, a lot of people are working on it and looking into it. But, yeah, I mean, there still are some, some 
concerns out there that people do have. So I have one of these in my neighborhood. I live in Elmwood Park, and I have one of these that I didn't even know about. I went for a ride yesterday, and they had Grand Avenue pretty much, you know, traffic control. I saw maybe six, seven police out there and the lines. And I was telling a friend of mine, he goes, oh, yeah, and that's overtime for the police. So they're paying the police $30 to $50 overtime per hour. And the revenue that I often see in cases where they think they're going to make revenue, the unintended consequences of costs destroying the revenue and destroying the neighborhood. And I look at it as if, you know, I saw this yesterday. I went home. I told my wife, I want to sell the house. Let's get the hell out of here. Um, I'm just curious as to in Colorado, has that been the case where these states have legalized it? What has been happening to the economic environment around the dispensaries? So actually, I just think you should bring that up. Um, I have seen studies, I actually wrote a story on this a few months ago, that say property values around dispensaries actually go up. Um, It's kind of a similar phenomenon as you would see to like property values around a Starbucks going up. And it's maybe like a chicken and an egg question, but it's same customers. Like, you know, it's a, it's a good it's a good real estate area. You really? know, so they, is it the dispensary that's driving up the prices? Who knows? You know, but that those studies have been done. Um, and as far as like police getting paid overtime, I don't think that's true everywhere. You know, the city of Chicago they were having beat officers go by on their regular routes just to make sure the lines weren't getting out of control, so it wasn't necessarily overtime there um, mm. that they were getting. So I think it just depends on the area. You know, um, I think that another interesting point you bring up is that you didn't know the dispensary was there before, right? Well, the way that the medical dispensaries in Illinois were zoned, a lot of them had to be kind of like in light industrial in retail areas, right, in industrial areas. That was an issue as they started switching over to recreational use and to serving recreational customers because some of them were in these industrial areas that they didn't have parking, they didn't have well, good street lights, that sort of thing, so the high volume of traffic of people that were going to start coming in. But, you know, now we're starting to see um, these companies are looking at really highly trafficked retail areas. You know, they want it to be – these stores aren't like – it's not like you walk in and you get hit with your funky aroma of weed, right? They're much different than the vision that a lot of us have in our head. Yeah, because I'm thinking Cheech um, and Chong. Mind, they're like – no, right. They're not like that, right? right? In Illinois, you can't display the products. It's part of the law. So a lot of them are kept locked in a safe or a vault or a cupboard, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get the product until you, you pick it out. You don't even see it before you pick it out, right? A lot of these places have tablets that you go in. and um, it's, it's almost like you're at an Apple store or a Walgreens or something, you know, that you pick out the product. Once again, Allie, same customers. Yeah, same customers again. But here's, listen, I I, I wanted to to ask you a question because we are now knowing that all of the people who were sick from from vaping, every one of them were kids who were buying black black market marijuana laced vape that were, you know, done in a bathtub. They were not the ones licensed from Juul. And you had the FDA today make it all make it illegal for all flavors. At the same time, you're legalizing marijuana. Do you see a schizophrenia in that, or is it just me? So there are some states that Michigan, for example, for a time they barred any vaping, THC-infused vaping products until it got past a certain lab test that they established. Um, So you're seeing a lot of states do that because the FDA's concerns with the vaping that was causing the illness was that it was, you know, black market vitamin E acetate. Mm-hmm. Added, additive, you know. A lot of the companies here that grow marijuana, first of all, um, 
all the marijuana sold at dispensaries here is grown here in Illinois. There are only 17 companies that grow it as of now. Um, some of them are much larger than others. They have multiple facilities around the state. Some of them are, you know, one-offs and have smaller facilities. But um, it's, I've been to several of these grow facilities, and I can't speak to what exactly, you know, goes into the vape, sure. um, the vaping products. But it is very, you know, I've had to wear, like, body suits and, you know, walk through, like, alcohol water so I don't bring in any germs on my shoes and oh, it's good. very highly regulated they have to send them out to labs and get tested they have to go you know through a really a lot of red tape before yeah. the products even go to market to make sure it's safe you know there's no pesticides which there's ex- none of that kind of stuff yeah. so it, it's kind of interesting to see um so yeah I mean you can you can well, talk to the people at the dispensaries and ask them about those ingredients if they're yeah. Ellie you don't want to start a conversation at a dispensary thank you so much for joining me. I truly appreciate it. Thank you very much. We'll be taking your calls after the news. 312-642-5600. I just saw a very good friend of mine in the hallway. You know, I like to run out. He says to me, I'm leaving tomorrow. I'll smile. You get to see the smile on his face. Ear to ear. You look like a nine-year-old on Christmas Eve. 250 new laws. And as you know, I like to flip through them, right? So get this. My thing is, as you know, federally... In a Republican spending bill signed by Trump, they mandated that the age be 21 in the nation to intake tobacco. Trump sees it and then says, "Okay, I think we, you know, I wasn't sure what was in there when I signed it, which is my favorite part. And, you know, it's ridiculous to me to have these laws because you create black markets. You in every time the government tries to manage something, you create this black market. And I, I, I laugh every time. Like we got to lower the age so people could vote when they know nothing to 16. And we got to raise the age of intake for anything that might be detrimental. Say, so say government or at least regulated. And yet in this new law, sexual health for minors, this is actually one of the laws. Did you see this kid? Stagger. It's stunning to me. Okay. Sexual, this is a law that just passed yesterday in Illinois. Minors 12 and under will be able to get access to drugs that can prevent the spread of HIV without need of parental consent. Huh. Are you nuts? 21 to buy a cigar, 12 to get a drug put in your body. You don't have to tell your parents. You see what's going on here? They've managed to nationalize your kids and your your. Life itself. Lucas, thanks for calling the show. How are you? Hey, Sean. I just wanted to make a comment about the whole black market thing. So for the last, I don't know, decade, few decades, marijuana has been coming into the country illegally. And Illinois has been seeing this as an opportunity. Of, you know, we're missing out on all this revenue. Money's changing hands illegally. So instead of worrying about locking everybody up, let's just go ahead and skim taxes right off the top. Let's make it legal so we can skim you know, $1.2 million worth of taxes on day one. Yeah, And here's the thing, Lucas, if you just think of the duality of it, you can achieve an ideological goal and destroy the black market at the same time. And ironically, the government would have made more had they done this properly with thought rather than management of corruption, which is what you're dealing with. So in other words, I always laugh every time we talk about taxes on on sin taxes or on specific products. And I'm reminded of New York, who was the first to increase the cigarette tobacco tax for cigarettes. They tripled it. They quadrupled it. And then seven years later, Eric Gardner is killed for what exactly? Selling cigars one at a time to people who couldn't afford the packs.
So this is the, the Eric Gardner, that case should have shed a light on how immoral it is for government in pockets to try to regulate something rather than manage the consequences of bad actions. See, that's what you need to focus on. I say legalize all of it. You know what? You're not going to affect one, one uh, uh, meth dealer. You're not going to affect one crack dealer, one cocaine dealer. You're not going to affect one drug dealer. Because you did it in, an, in a wrong way. Rather than dealing with the consequences, which are abuse of these products, that's who you're supposed to lock up. Yet the day before, all of the people who abuse these products, and you don't know what the specificity of those cases are, but something tells me it wasn't just walking down the street high. And now you just let out 11,000 of them the day before. And now, and, here, and here's one. I'm sorry. You're supposed to be in utopia today. Today, everything is supposed to be better rather than what the reality is, which to me, 5,000 people in a neighborhood waiting 17 hours to buy four ounces of marijuana. That's not a good thing for the neighbor. I don't see this as good. So to me, I think it's having the reverse effect. Go ahead. And one last thing is, you know, because the the majority in the state is our, our all Democrat, you know, J.B. Pritzker can stand up on his podium with uh, lieutenant, uh, lieutenant governor and say, look at us, look at us, vote Democrat. And so this is going to be just a domino spiral effect for all those. Not only that, it, his lieutenant governor was the first in line to buy it. So obviously the state has no regulation against marijuana use in the state, yet they mandate that companies enforce the very laws they break. You can't have a company that does business with the government and have your employees smoking pot, but yet the lieutenant governor can. How's that? You want to talk about royalty? That'll let you know who the servants are and who the royals are. Thank you so much for calling the show. Bob, how are you, Bob? Thanks for calling. Hey, doing well. I just uh, wanted to wander around Geneva for a little while, and guess what? It smells like a bunch of skunks rolling around. So, you know, I don't know something that's funny because I have a cigar store. I have a little side business when I'm here in Illinois. I got a little side business, cigar store. I cannot tell you. I get a lot of people come in and I love it. I love the smell. I cannot tell you the amount of old bags that come in there. I can't stand the smell. You're sneaking the streets up. I almost like the fact that it's legal because if you hated the cigar smoke, you're really going to hate the pot smoke. So be careful I what you wish like for. I like the cigar smoke. Same. Very good. You're my kind of guy. You stop by the cigar store anytime, Bob. Thank you for calling the show. Yeah. Consequences. Unintended consequences. Are we going to make money through taxes? Yes, you will. You've already made a tremendous amount of money. What are the, the ramifications, the health costs, the detriment to society costs, the, the loss in, in wage income, the burden on businesses? Nobody really gave it any thought. And if you were going to do it, you should have had a uniform set of consequences to the abuse of this substance in the same fashion you do alcohol. The scariest thing about that Alley interview is that she basically said, there's no way to tell if someone has been driving under the influence. So if it's one thing Illinois roads don't need, it's more dummies on the road. And you just made it legal. You just made it legal for people to drive intoxicated and what exactly is the consequence? You know, I mean, if, if you had a store, stock play, go short your liquor stock and go long pork rind stock because the munchies are going to kick in. You know, we should make that as a rule for cops. Here's a message to all of our friendly law enforcement officers listening. If you pull a car over and there is an empty pork rind bag on the seat, arrest that son of a gun. He's driving drunk. Pull the hair. But aside from all of this, we can have fun with the, 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 the pot law. 
250 laws that are controlling life and penalizing you for existence. 250. How many people knew that your 12-year-old can now go, go to a doctor and get a drug without the parent's permission? Expanded immigrant rights. More money for illegal aliens in Illinois and for just everybody. Why is it always more money for everybody and a promise to take more from the people who are producers? Do you see the immorality of a welfare state? Do you recognize we're living in one? 312-642-5600. Here's another new law. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they did think about the ramifications of marijuana. There's a law that if you're an insurance company in Illinois, you've got to expand your coverage to a variety of new services from skin screenings, health club memberships, EpiPens. You've got to cover all this stuff no matter what you do. What do you think that's going to do to premiums? Are you listening? They're actually regulating companies to stop treating you like an individual and just keep covering it. And you know, we're going to do a whole thing in the next hour of the failures of government intervention in our healthcare system worldwide. All right, what do you think of that? Let's go to the phone line. Steve, thanks for calling the show. How are you? Hey, Sean, I'm fine. How are you? I'm all right. Losing money by the I'm second. I'm tired of, yeah, here's what I'm tired of. I'm tired of a lot. All right. I'm tired of all of this discrimination against cigar smokers. <laughs> Why can't the damn government leave us alone? Huh? Since when can't a man in America decide on his own to go outside, smoke a damn cigar? Since Everywhere we go now, nobody wants a cigar. Uh, I'll t- you damn many rules. You've just got to leave us alone. This is what's wrong with America. I, I, I want to go back to the days where a man could smoke a cigar. Thanks, Ron. Have a great day. I, I like it. One of the new laws. Uh, see, I, I, I bring in the cigar smokers, kid. You see the listeners, how we're exploding it? Sure, we don't do that populism versus socialism stuff, but these are real Americans understanding the infringements on liberty. I'll tell you another little law in here that's funny to me. You can't smoke a cigar in your car if you got a kid under 18 in the car. Well, let me tell you something, brother. I broke that law yesterday. I broke it today, and I'm going to break it tomorrow as I take my 16-year-old for a ride. Mary Ellen, thanks for calling the show. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Happy New Year, Happy Sean. New- Happy New Year. Yes, I enjoy your topic here today. Uh, Two things about this uh, effect on the brain. Um, I recently saw a Tribune article that the medical profession is concerned about the effect of marijuana on the the brain development of teens. Now, if that's true, and we know that the brain continues to develop till around age 25, so what does that tell you? And then... Back in the late 60s, when I was in college, I worked for um, a psychologist, and I didn't know anything about it then. And I remember him as clear as day saying that marijuana with extended use alters the brain cells. Well, hey, listen, I mean... We about any of that. Yeah, and the thing, too, Mary Ellen, is, you know about these studies, if you pay a scientist for a result, he'll give you one every time you pay him. But the reality is there are medicinal benefits to the hemp plant themselves. I'm not kidding. I spent a lot of time doing this. I I actually have a a 
skin cream that is invested in this. But I, I spent a lot of time researching it, researching this. And there are benefits. However, the THC is the sidecar to those benefits. They, it is not the benefit. It is an intoxicating issue. And yes, I'm sure that smoking marijuana hurts your brain. But so does drinking. So does drinking. Listen, that's the thing. I'm not suggesting that drinking is any better than marijuana use. It's not. You're kidding yourself. However, recognize the detriment to both things. Two things can live in the same reality. Rob, thank you so much for calling the show. How are you? Hey, Sean. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hey, you're absolutely right. They have given zero consideration to the ramifications and long-term effects. As a small businessman, what do you do when you have to drug trust one of your employees? Now what you're going to, you, well, here, they're going to tell you right now, if you're not in on the scam, if you're not part of the state, you have to follow the rules. But their lieutenant governor, Rob, she doesn't have to follow any rules. And I'll tell you another thing. She doesn't have to wait in line either. I mean, what a slap in the face this is. Yet if I listened you, to her talk. I listened to her talk. And, and, and she said, they asked somebody, I said, are you going to smoke any? Well, why did you buy it then? If you're, it was a gummy or whatever the yeah. hell it was, she bought. And she's, she's. Oh, I don't know. I might. So she was, she was clearly on the. Right. She'll lie to your face. She's a politician. It's the, it's the greatest thing. But I'll tell you this. What about the union benefits now? The big benefit, right? As I listen to the labor extortion mafia tell me their workforce, they're not using drugs and they're drug tested. Well, what about now? How's that work? Or are you just going to make it up as you go along? John, a former policeman. Hi, John. How are you? How are you doing? Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, you're right on some points. You know, this is this is nothing but a big money grab. But as a former police officer who specialized in DUI, uh, I talk to my fellow officers, and we see this as a big boon for filling the jails again. Because, first of all, if I suspect you're under the influence, and that's why they rewrote this from driving while intoxicated to driving under the influence, if I suspect you're under the influence and I ask you to go for a blood test, and you refuse, right off the bat, you lose your license for six months. Oh. Okay. Right. So um, what, what are we winning? We're, all, we're not we're winning. winning. They're, 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 they're figured out a new way to make money. It's about the money. It's not about the people. It's not about the safety. Oh, it's, it's going to be a ton of money. Yeah, it's a ton but, of money, John. But so. it's going to fill the jails right up again. They, yeah. they went and cleared the records of all these people that yeah. I may have put in jail. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But now... We're going to invent another way of filling the jails up again. Welcome to Illinois, John. Yeah. Are you thirsty oh, for more, well, or have you had enough I'm, stupid? No, 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 yeah. no. I'll be gone in three years. Thank you, John, for calling the show. I mean, to, that's a very, very good point. If, after all, if they cared about the people who, in their safety, would they have raised and made Uber so onerous? You would think if they cared about drunks. If you called Uber and you were drunk, you should pay nothing. 312-642-5600. Welcome to 2020. You're the rat. I don't know if that's true, but it just felt good. You're the rat. As we watch these Democrats, I'll tell you the truth. I can't believe they're just repackaging the old Marxism as the new Democrat politics because they don't know how to win. They don't know how to appeal to people who are not 
part of the scam economy and scam system that the Democrats seem to thrive in. But nobody embodies this. Now, listen, I could take the low-hanging fruit. We could all go after Bernie Sanders. However, I don't think he's a viable candidate. And I know this is very controversial. You you see he raised $34.5 million. The biggest money raised by a Democrat was Bernie, I can't feel my leg, Sanders. And guess who his biggest profession, the biggest profession to donate to Bernie Sanders? You know who it is? It's not who you think it is. Teachers. 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 He's a Soviet. (laughs) Yeah, it's very important that kids get a good education. Who's teaching them? The guy that gave the money to Bernie Sanders or the 300-pounder? Is that what we're dealing with? You kidding me? Are you kidding me? And then who's the next runner-up? Plugs Biden. Somebody who, he looks like he should have an undertaker chasing him around. Are you kidding me with this guy? High cheekbones. They do not have a viable, likable candidate. The only one that comes close is the feminine Mr. Rogers, Pete Buttigieg. That's it. And he's not going to, come on. It's cute. It's an idea. It's fun. But he's not going to get 51% of the country to vote for him. The guy who I think could win. Although he, he confuses me with the lack of the, the with the no knock and the no tie is Yang. He's I mean he's enticing you with a thousand dollars and did you see he's got no neck at all? Everyone's shocked he didn't put a tie on. He can't. He needs help and a jar of Vaseline. It's like Pritzker getting in and out of the tub. Can't put a tie on. But he's giving you a thousand dollars and did you see they're calling it a Liberty dividend. Ooh. See he's got the art the political art of naming something unicorns and lollipops and no one will care what it is. Right? We've already established that it's bipartisan stupidity. 2,300-page bill, that's all right, I'm going to sign it. Doesn't matter what's in it. We'll figure it out. Nancy Pelosi, we all made fun of her. We all thought she was drunk when she said we got to pass it to find out what's in it. She was just telling you the truth. Right? So this is what we do, but... The guy that offends me the most, Bernie, Plugs Biden, Chuck Connors, the Indian, just lying to your face, the little Dutch boy, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg. I'm a good mayor. Really? Because your city stinks. I'm great, and I'm going to bring you all together. Doesn't I don't think so. Tulsi Gibbard, see you're in the scuba suit today? Mm-hmm. All right. It's interesting. Um, but the guy who offends me the most is that weasel void of being able to make an expression because he's lied for 80 years. Bloomberg. Soaring health insurance deductibles and medical bills are fueling an affordability crisis. What's Trump's plan? Medicare. Threatening coverage for millions of Americans. Wait a minute. I'll go back to it. But is that really Trump's plan? Because if it is, what the hell are you doing? I just I got a, the call from my wife today. Got to put money in the account. Why? Pay to 2100 For what? Healthcare you don't use. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Is that the plan? Because since 2010, Republican after Republican, that's the plan. Yet here we are 10 years later. And all you're doing is getting threatened to make it even worse. Mike Bloomberg knows the value of 
Health Quality Health. The creepiest music ever. A successful it's like a Nordstrom piano guy. Built a map. business with 20,000 employees, each with great health care and paid leave. It's great. As paid mayor leave. of New York, Mike cut the number of uninsured people by nearly half, expanded health care for working families, and improved care for seniors. It's oh, yeah, they're doing real that. and fix health care. People don't have the health care that they need, and this yeah. is America. We can certainly afford to Speak make sure up, that you everybody old man. that needs to see a doctor can see a doctor. As president, Mike will provide universal access to affordable health care, lower costs by capping health care prices, and expand access to women's health services. And Mike will make sure everyone without health care can get it, and everyone who likes theirs can keep it. How do you know Mike Bloomberg will deliver on health care? He's done it before. That's a minute and 10 seconds of poppycock. That's what Obama said. That's the same spiel. Where's the utopia? You almost have to admire their refusal to recognize reality. It's it's fascinating. It's fascinating. This must be how a cop feels when he goes to a battered wife and she's all beat up. And, her sh- and, and he loves me and I love him. This must be what it's like. What are you, a moron? We're drowning in the Obamacare failure. Drowning. Nothing is better. Nothing. And I don't just mean a bunch of seniors meandering around the health club getting in the way. I'm talking about the service, the payment, the providers, the recipients. It's all bad at extremely high prices. Now, the Republicans... They just do that thing that uh, people do when you talk to somebody with it, with a blemish on their nose. They just ignore it. Don't look at it. Whatever you do, don't say, what the hell is on your nose? Just ignore it. And it'll somehow go in the back burners. But the Democrats, no, no, no. They rally their welfare army with the promise of more free gaga. And all at a cost of zero. And they don't address The actual failure, all that this guy is promising me is more of it and at more cost. Rather than addressing the fact that that system, you are going the wrong way. It is the wrong way. And that is why the the Democrat Party has abandoned anybody who is not an absolute Soviet communist like this guy. Senator, the former vice president mused um, about having a Republican vice presidential on, on his ticket. Is that something good that's good for the party? I worry that you're going to fall on your head and find out that the health care system is not all that you think it is. All right. What, what do you Are you think okay? Oh, you got somebody holding him? All right. What, uh, I, uh, I think it is fair to say that I will not have a Republican as uh, a vice president uh, on my ticket as a vice presidential candidate. I will have somebody who shares my views. Uh, I am not aware of too many Republicans who do. No, but I'm aware of a few communists that do. And he was asked the question about AOC. AOC is the vice president. Because if you're going to have a vice president and your, your party platform is Sovietism, you better have one. And that's the direction we've, we've unfortunately gone to as a country in general. The Republicans are left, too. I know it's not Vogue. I know we are to ignore the $55.72 billion the Fed pumped into the market today. I know we can't talk about the debt. I know we don't talk about the spending. I know we're not to talk about the continued immorality 
of a progressive punitive tax to those who refuse to comply with government programs such as the largest solar panel farm ever to be launched in America, just signed by Trump. I know it. We have to ignore it. It's the pimple on the nose. But what bothers me is we're hours away. And you mark my words. We're gonna, we were going to save it for the Sean was right again segment. But you mark my words. Family leave is now taken up quietly by Republicans and will be thrust upon us guaranteed. Because quiet doesn't mean you're upset with it. Obamacare and the silence of the Republicans, the lack of attention and plan, is not a good indicator for the people. And that's what we're hoping for, isn't it? I thought that we, specifically the people who like to pretend to be conservatives, the the talk radio public, I thought we came together in 2010 to rip out government in your life. The intervention, the force, the limitations, it's all built on control. Yet where is the where is the saving grace in having all of these Republicans that we continue? Now, I understand they don't have the House. I get it. But the Senate and the presidency. This is why I give Trump a break. He did get rid of the law where we were penalized for not complying. But that's it's a it's a it's a head fake. Because nobody's going to do it. Because the other rules of disqualifying you for coverage are in place. So here you go. You get you have an out. But if you if you take it, then you're left out in the cold. There hasn't been what our system of freedom and choice and capitalism was built on. Specific coverage for the liabilities of each and every one of us. I'm trying to tell you that in a city and in a state and in a country that is going to legalize more abuse of the human being, the costs should not be buffered by those that do not partake in it. But yet both parties are very comfortable in penalizing the strong in the name of the weak in all categories. And all they're doing is stifling strength and stifling correct answers. Life is finite. Nobody likes the truth. The truth doesn't have manners. But here's the reality. Nobody gets out alive. How many of you are willing to bankrupt your neighbor and your children to prolong the inevitable? Isn't that what we're really discussing? We hide because we are searching for that fake safety, that fake protection. And it fails us every time. It gets more expensive each and every time. I don't think the answer is to ignore it, and I certainly don't think the answer is to allow Marxism to become the new Democrats. It's not. Unfortunately, it's our reality. 2020, it's the year that freedom is under attack, and they have now flanked us. 312-642-5600. So I got him snowed over to the other side of the cantina. I asked the guy why he's so fly. He said, funky Medina. Classic. You know, you're getting old when classic, that's called classic. <laughs> 312-642-5600. I'm not going to concede these points because I believe this is what conservatism is. I believe this is what the Tea Party was established on. I didn't believe it was about just support of, of, of parties versus principles and philosophies. And one of the main things that I witnessed during the Bush years were was a rejection, really, of... Um, Certain Mideast policies. We started, you know, we were inundated through well intentions. We had good intentions. 
as we listened to the uh, Bush White House promote Iraq, promote the attack and invasion of Iraq. Somehow we made that leap. And I think it was through a well-intended but clear naivete to the issues. And here we are so many years later when it appears we're going to go back as 4,000 troops were ordered to go back into Iraq as we have the legacy costs and the destruction and the inability of Iraq to do what the Bush promises were. It really never would. I thought it was supposed to be like Cleveland, right? I thought by now we'd have a football team. What happened? No? In the meantime, we have kids that are getting killed and devastated. And the thing that bothers me are the politicians who refuse to learn from that. You know, one of the things I admire and I, I like about Trump, I do believe he learns from the mistakes and I've seen him try to correct it. You know, I'm hoping for more. Um, I think a lot of it he gets pushed into, especially when he goes against military Inc. But boy, are they going to have a big year. If you could buy stock in military interventionism, it's going to the moon, baby. What do you need Apple for? Um, and you're going to have politicians and statesmen and older politicians who you thought were going to do the right thing and recognize the failures, who pretty much believe the same thing they did in 2002 when they were making the mistakes like Lieberman. I think we can't uh, give up faith because Iraq is, is too important a country in uh, the Middle East. And uh, we, we have been. How is it an important country? What, what, is, what is Iraq the, the, the bastion of uh, religious liberty and freedom? Is it the pillar of capitalism? It is, it the, is it the example of free trade and happiness and protection? Or is it pretty much a pothole that we created? Is it pretty much a hub of just radical morons deciding who's going to take charge? Because that's what it looks like to me. Invested so much. We're not going back with a massive ground presence. Ah, 4,000 guys that aren't your but, but kids. We ought to do everything we can to do what most of the Iraqi people want us to do, to get Iran out of their country so that they can uh, govern themselves. That's the most important thing we can do. It reminds me of who screwed up Iran. It reminds me of who paid what would become Al-Qaeda. Charlie Wilson's war. Wasn't it great? They made a movie. Tom Hanks was Charlie Wilson. It was great. Yeah, but those guys became the Taliban. That's all right. Ignore it. It'll go away. Will it go away? No, not at all. And in fact, they attacked our embassy. They sacked our embassy. Now, Trump did the right thing. I get it. But come on. How many trillions, how many thousands of lives, tens, who knows how many are affected? There aren't statistics on the kids that come back who are destroyed. Afghanistan, we found the, the, the paperwork, trillion dollars, oh, we don't know where it is, missing, lying to us for over a decade, and guess what? More guys died last month and on pace to, to do this month than ever than in the last three years. That's, this is success? Iraq, how many, I mean, it's insanity. We're fighting guys who are using our equipment we left behind. And you know what? They are, the plan that they have right now that Iran has, it is working. I don't often agree with Fox Business News. I agree with this. This is exactly, is it not, what Iran wants? 
it is strategically absolutely what Iran wants. They have ratcheted up the pressure with roughly 11 attacks on Iraqi bases, which housed U.S. contractors and uh, U.S. service personnel over the last couple of months. Secretary Pompeo very clearly warned Iran earlier this month that the United States would respond with decisive action in the event that these proxy militants continued to target our people. So I think Iran did expect this, and they see it as an opportunity, a pretext, because they knew we would respond to assemble those uh, Iraqi um, militants who are just Iranian proxies to storm our embassies. Let's not confuse these militants outside our embassy storming the gates with the brave Iraqis who have been protesting uh, Iraqi graft and corruption and Iranian influence. Those same so-called popular mobilization units, Qatab Hezbollah, have been targeting those brave Iraqis. And uh, right now, the Iraqi government is really struggling to deal with this uh, with this Iranian influence in their country. It's been the same story with Iran for 35 years since Jimmy Carter was doing crossword puzzles. Same thing. Yet every time there is an uprising of people looking to overthrow the, the-, the theocrats, the murderous wretched human beings who have no problem slaughtering their citizens. What do we do? We put our hands in our pocket. Now then, I mean, I know it was Obama, but why hasn't that changed? We've been there for three years after Obama. Yet here we are. Because the idea that you were going to sanction. When are you people going to figure out? Sanctions don't work. All they do is create black markets. Just like everything we've been talking about, And we've been realizing when it comes to our little own little hometown. The sanctions that we put on them just create more division and more cost to the people who can afford it the least. If you wanted to stoke liberty and freedom in Iran, you would stoke those citizens. You would make things easier for them, not harder. You're not penalizing the government. You're penalizing the people. Yet we refuse to recognize it. The countries that we have brought more towards our ideology and more towards freedom and more towards the paradise of, 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 of a democratic republic are the countries that we've shown through our success how it works. Not through imposing a posture and making those citizens suffer. Once again, in my opinion, we're going the wrong way. And why is no one even thinking it's been since the 70s, since the 70s, that it's like this? And every president, they're fungible when it comes to these positions for some reason. They all have the same spiel. We're going to put sanctions on them. Iran's going to go away. You think I'm wrong? Here, listen. We will not avert our eyes from a regime that chants death to America. The Iranians like to taunt us. Because they don't have, like, respect for our leaders. I hate seeing President Obama today seeing, saying that Iran has violated our agreement. I mean, what did he think? He's now complaining about Iran violating the agreement. Who, what the hell did he think? He's like a baby. They become emboldened <laughs> because they don't respect us and they don't respect our leader. And- He's right. He's right. And the thing is that he had an opportunity. This is where I, I, I know you think I'm, I'm, I'm being, I'm talking specifically to my guy Josh in the other room. I know you think I'm being kind, but I mean it. I don't think that he would have been able to implement any other policy because Military Inc. likes the system the way it is now. 
Because if, 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 and Trump recognized all of these failures. To me, if he wanted to help the situation, he would have made it easier for the Iranian citizens to acquire our stuff. Would have made it easier to stoke the tree of liberty rather than the shield of, of war. 312-642-5600. So the things I'm most startled that are grabbing popularity in our society is the amount of control that government has over us. It's just, it's, it's astonishing to me. Now, I recognize there will be some benefits, right? I mean, as, as uh, Illinois and Chicago implement massive increases to minimum wage, I realize there's gonna, it's going to benefit me. For instance, when I go to Panera, I won't have to look at the 300-pound you know, with the, the, the nose rings screwing up my order, because she will be replaced by a kiosk. There will be advances. The fight against this kind of tyranny by corporations is always to streamline. It always has the exact opposite effect as promised. So as we listen to politicians promise us all kinds of economic utopia, that's just the one affront to the people who think it through and reflect on the history and the ramifications of these bad economic policies. But what shocks me, even to this point of paying attention throughout the years of watching collectivism and government control of every aspect of our lives, the Democrats, just when I think they can't shock me, they let Joe Biden out of his cage, right? Nurse Ratchet. Let's him roam free instead of looking for a clicker in an old people's home like he should be doing. Joe Biden spoke at an event in New Hampshire on Monday, and he said coal miners should learn to code. Watch this. He asked me toward the end of our administration, Joe's going to determine what the jobs of the future are. Joe's Anybody who can go down 300 to 3,000 feet in the mine sure and hell can learn how to program as well. Anybody who can throw coal into a f- furnace can learn how to program, for God's sake. This requires a response. And for that response, we turn to Pennsylvania Coal Alliance, the executive director thereof, Rachel Gleason, who joins us now. Rachel, thanks for being with us. Would you just give us your reaction to what Joe Biden said? Thank you for having me. Um, At the outset, I think it's disappointing that any presidential candidate would be advocating for devastating Pennsylvania communities. (laughs) And it is concerning that he thinks the solution for those job losses is coding. Um, It's clear that his campaign did not educate him on the failed attempts in West Virginia to code miners. And beyond that, retraining programs have a very limited and questionable um, success rate. When did it happen? Can somebody give me a year? 312-642-5600. When did it happen? When did government, the accepted concept of government, go from a small, mediocre referee in the economy to the conductor of the economy? What was it that broke society's understanding of an economy where we look to politicians, specifically presidents, as managers of an economy. See, maybe this is the problem I'm having with accepting party politics. I'm under the impression that we, the citizens, 
are in control of the economy, that we have property rights and can operate to the things we choose to do, that our life is about choices. But yet, as I live through these years and I realize that government isn't there to assist me, it's there to penalize me. Government isn't helping people become rich. It's preventing them from becoming rich. It isn't helping them chase their dreams, as Nancy Pelosi would like me to believe. Now I could sit in a coffee shop and become a poet like it's a 1962 beatnik party. The dimwit that she is. This guy has the audacity. This, by all intents and purposes, failure. He's a failure who's popular. That not after all, isn't that what a politician is? Specifically a career politician? You could go back at the specificity of everything Joe Biden has said, whether it be foreign or domestic, and see what an idiot he is. But it doesn't stop him from being the lead Democrat candidate. No, no. In fact, it's an asset. And this moron has the audacity to tell some man who goes down in a coal mine to provide for his kids and his wife, probably doesn't like it, but does it. And by the way, the benefits to society are almost intangible. You can't even factor it in if you think about how important that man is to all of us. Yet you're going to sit there and you're going to tell him to become a coder on a computer? You couldn't, you know, these politicians, as I look at this baby hand, 350 pound half man Pritzker, who with the stroke of a pen has strapped us with 250 laws and taxes and fees. He couldn't live one day in a truck driver's shoes, not one day. And the contempt he has for the laborer, for the bricklayer, for the for the woman who works in a jewel. And how he feels he could tell her and manage and mitigate not just her life, but her boss's life. He's going to tell you what to pay. He's going to tell you the relationship to have. It's disgusting to me. And yet at each and every turn, as the years go on, what is the one thing that they promise? More and more control of each and every one of us. When are we going to get to utopia? When does it stop? Do they hand us a life? How does it work? Does Joe Biden, does he get to tell me what to do? Or is it going to be, am I going to feel better if it's a Republican? 312-642-5600. Every news headline, it's about some form of control, of penalty, of permission. What the hell happened here? It's mind-boggling to me. And it's mind-boggling our tolerance for it. You see, I mean, one of the things, 40% tax on this, 35 What the hell are you doing? Yeah, that'll that'll be great. Everything's going to be great. Tom, thanks for calling the show. How are you? Uh, well, Sean, I, I wanted to answer your question, at least to, to my knowledge. Uh, when we became a society that wants uh, the government to take care of everything, and I'll trace it to Lyndon Johnson's great society, the War on Poverty, Medicare, Medicaid, Urban Renewal, um, Nixon's war on drugs, pretty much it's not left, it's not right, it's not liberal, it's not conservative. You know, every single person that's, that's alive now is, uh, has been a party to this, and it's inextricable in my opinion. Uh, people, they, they don't even understand the notion of government debt, and uh, they want the handout. And how about how comfortable? Lack, lack of civic. Yeah, how about, how about how comfortable they are, Tom, with penalizing people who are successful or healthy. It's mind-boggling to me. You realize that they are totally, they demand 
when it comes to health care. I demand that somebody who is healthy, who would sign a document that says, I never want any treatment, whatever, somebody like myself. They have no problem in making me pay the same thing that J.B. Pritzker at five foot two, 380 pounds with stretch marks on his wrists. They have no problem with him and I paying the same thing. In fact, they welcome it. And it's the same thing as you watch the demonization of income earners. Look at how it's Illinoisans. I have no problem with you taxing that guy more. What the hell are you doing? Why? Well, because he's good at making money. You know who's better at making money? The government. Nobody's better at making money than the government. Yet what do they have to do? Nothing. Or in fact, we'll wait for them to tell us what to do. And the one thing that they never have to do is honor the rights and freedom and liberty of the citizens. That's the one thing they never have to do. And as you see these different schemes come up in this political year, I got an idea for this and I got a plan for that. Where's the plan for the free man? Anybody? Patrick, thanks for calling the show. How are you? Hey, hello. Uh, I cannot believe the arrogance of people who will tell coal miners what their new job is going to be. <laughs> you listening to this no one, No one is ever going to write a song, I'm proud to be a code writer's daughter. It's <laughs> never going to happen. Do you know what I think about, Patrick? I think about growing up when we had men. And some, some guy like Joe Biden... Telling them what? Could you imagine back Lunch in the bucket, Joe? It's the seventies and the eighties and the sixties. You're going to tell a man what he should be doing, and don't worry, if you could do this, you could do that. How dare you? The arrogance and the audacity by whom? A fraud and a failure. Somebody who isn't to be idolized. Someone who is to be repudiated and rejected because of his disgusting behavior, his disgusting, despicable behavior. You know, I got in a little. Uh, I filled in in the morning show, got in a little argument with the prof a little bit because we were talking about admiring people. And I have always had a problem with that. Always had a problem with with honoring or respecting an office and disarming myself from exactly who it is that dare rule over me. I don't know. Must be one of those old fashioned Americans. I'm not in vogue. George, thanks for calling the show. How are you? How you doing? Great show. Thank you, babe. Thank you. Yeah, okay. This happened in four steps. All right. The first step was when the uh, the railroads were first built and the politicians began to realize they can start making extra money. I, I like and, that. Okay. Take it further down to the late 1800s with the Industrial Revolution and their new word, regulation look what they did to those people look what they did to yeah. the to the capitalists to the industrialists look at how they penalize them look at how they use misuse government to extort them i mean you're right oh yeah then go about 10 15 years later with theodore roosevelt and his breaking up of monopolies yeah the government realized they can step on anybody's uh, neck and keep their foot there George, I'll tell you what, this might be my favorite call. Because you realize how I, many how many people understand that the Sherman Antitrust Act is a weapon to extort yeah. rather than 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 a plan or a bill to to promote achievement? It's a weapon. Yeah, and then uh, like a couple callers ago, the cherry on the cake is a great society. Yeah. I'll tell you what. 
Little Rock, Arkansas. George, you made my night. These are good calls. You see, when I do the show, we get good calls, principled, fundamental calls. Want me to sell you vacuum cleaners? I can't do it. Can't do it. We'll be back. 312-642-5600. We'll be back after. No, we won't. All right. So listen, this is why I have you load the Spanish flea music for when I say something or miss a, miss a song. This is what the audience is supposed to do until we go to commercial break, because I went to commercial break early. All right. This is what you do. you got to have preparation. 312-642-5600. And then we'll be taking your calls. I'm going to go with it until the end. Thank you so much for listening.